I'm TV Sean Baby from the internet, and this is the official podcast of 1900hotdog.com, the comedy website. Uh, with me, the mayor of Titty City, Brockway. <laughs> mayor? Oh, I was hoping, in, <laughs> hoping for governor of boob country or something. <laughs> Been demoted. All right, well, I do have, I do have something special. Uh, I've mm-hmm. brought my favorite Brockway fact. I've been holding on to it, and uh, I know you'll like it the most. So here we go. I'm ready. I once stole something from Mr. T. He watched me do it. <laughs> I watched him watch me do it. He said nothing. <gasps> no follow-up questions. God damn it, I have so many follow-up questions. Also joining us is 1-800-HOT-DOGS own, the cockway of the shockway, Liddy. Hello, Sean Baby and Robert Brockway. Thank you for having me on your podcast. <laughs> that seemed so well prepared. Thank you. Yes, I wrote it down so I would not say yeah. <laughs> this is our this is our Lydia robot, the, the robot we have stitched together out of other things Lydia has said on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. we, we can make her say anything, like watch this. Lydia. I'm Lydia, and I'm stupid. <laughs> I love Lydia Bot. <laughs> Lydia Bot rules. I um, I think uh, Lydia, you and I are becoming uh, good friends and, uh, you know, co-workers. Uh, I wasn't sure if you were ready to be the mayor of Titty City Liddy, and so I gave that title to Brockway. Uh, so next time, if you're okay with it, we can switch them back, but uh, you're the... Uh, Shockwave of the Cockway, I believe, is what I had prepared for Robert. Uh, anyway, this is a little look behind the curtain of how my brain works. Yeah, yeah. we'll catch you uh, no, next time. We can we can do an exchange. I'm gonna run against Brockway to be the mayor of Titty City. Mm-hmm. Well, that's it's good. A- I don't even want it. <laughs> so it'll there's be a like, really easy campaign then. Yeah, you wouldn't expect it, but there's three political parties vying for control of mayor of Titty City. Who was the third? I'm just saying, I. I it's not important. I just the, the important part is that there's three boobs running for the mayor. Oh, whatever. The okay. independents never win. <laughs> Fucking so this is another candidate. Uh, you, you can tell already because the shit's off the rails. But this is a podcast uh, I produced, and I produced it by saying, you know, what we should do is share something I love with someone who hasn't seen it. Uh, it's sort of a theme of our podcast. We showed Bloodsport to Maggie May Fish, and we showed uh, UFC One to Brockway, and today we showed. Dolomite, the human tornado to Liddy. And uh, what are your first impressions of this classic movie? I thought it was a prank you were doing on me at first, to be honest with you, <laughs> for like the first 10 or 15 minutes where he's just doing that stand up routine and then it's showing mm-hmm. like a woman's butt as she dances. Yeah. I was like, yeah. is this a real movie or is this a prank? Um, but I will <laughs> it's say both. it's both. Yeah. It, it won me over later in the film where I was like, actually, I love this. It is definitely there, a prank on somebody. Whitey? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe? Probably Whitey. <laughs> probably. So it is a prank There is on a me. moment in Human Tornado where there's a lot of struggle to get through it. Uh, the thing that's great about it is you can tell how much fun they had making it, but they are incompetent filmmakers. And it takes about an hour until they infiltrate Cavaletti's Calvi- uh, like, mansion where it's just a fucking unleash- unleashing of just the, the this kung fu pleasure. This, this, the, I've never seen anyone so happy to be making a movie. Uh, I've never been so happy watching a movie. The last half hour of Human Tornado is just fucking perfect, but I feel like you need to like earn it to get there. You got to yeah, go through a lot of you pay a toll, but mm-hmm. and that toll is the first hour. Yeah. Yes. And I actually genuinely really like uh 
Dolomite, uh, Rudy Ray Moore, uh, I, I like his jokes. I like that they're sort of corny and bad, but like they work and he doesn't seem in on them, but he, he's super in on them. He has a inexplicable way to be, uh, totally failing at what he's doing, but very successful in on it, but not quite sure what the fuck is going on. Uh, anyway, so you, I, 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 yeah, I don't know that he's in on it. Like I could not decide that by the end of the movie. Like does, does he I, know that this is just strange and and bad let's just be honest it's it's bad it's a bad movie yeah, yeah. but he, does he know that <laughs> I, I think he it, it's in parts of it that i think there are jokes that work and i think it is genuinely mm. funny for like t- two of the jokes at least and i was like you know I, I think he thinks that he's making somewhat of a comedy right it's not like he thinks he's making an action thriller he means for parts of it to be funny right Absolutely. Okay. And then there's parts where he wants you to think he's a complete and total badass sex machine. Yes. Yes. And and, so, and he will often tell you which parts those are by saying, I am a complete and total badass <laughs> sex machine in that part. But it will rhyme. Yes. However, he'll do a little rhyme about how he's a complete and total. It will sort of rhyme. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The meter will be off. So I do. I did. Um, as is my way, I did prepare a quiz for us. Uh, the first part, we may not want to play this. I want to uh, feel out the room. I wrote down four of the jokes, and I was going to read them to you and see if you could remember the exact punchline. Ooh. Now, I am a, a white a white person in 2021. Are we allowed uh, to say the punchline? <laughs> yeah. You are you sure? always be allowed you to say the punchline. You have to promise line. me that I'm allowed to say the punchline. Part of my script, I will have to omit some language uh, just for decency's sake. And uh, I off, also, I'll probably ask for forgiveness ahead of time. Uh but these are Dolomite jokes, and they're fantastic. Uh, I did see uh, Rudy Ray Moore perform in Cleveland, like in the early two thousands, and he was doing all, so many of the same jokes. Like he's one of those performers that's just like, ah, this this is a fucking hour of material that will work for the next forty years. And he wasn't wrong. Like that's a, a happy crowd. <laughs> uh, but let's start with some of the jokes from this movie, Liddy. I want you to try to guess the punchline. Well, not guess because you. Presumably just saw this movie. Yes. So uh, Dolomite sets it up. Young lady went out with her boyfriend the other night and he got into bed with her and pulled out something like my little finger. She looked at it and said, well, you know, screwing pencil dick, pistol Peter, son of a gun, says, I tell you what I will do for you. Since you can't do nothing for me with a joint that small, said, I'll give you $50 if you can hurt me. What's the punchline, lady? Uh, he pun- He punched her in the face. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, can That's I steal? Really can I steal? <laughs> steal. Yes, if you can steal. Uh, he fucked her three times and hit her in the head with a rock. Oh, <laughs> yes. That exactly was right. I remember that the punchline was domestic abuse, but I couldn't remember <laughs> in what way. It was hit her in the head with a It's not just yes. domestic abuse. It's it's Lord of the Flies murder. Yeah. Uh, there's a story I've I've told about uh, Dolomite before. And it was that night I saw him in Cleveland. He told a joke I'd never heard before about how he sexually assaulted a deaf and uh, blind girl. And already, like, just... I, you can't fucking believe I said that, right? But the crowd was laughing their asses off at this setup, right? And then, and I quote, he cut the bitch's fingers off so she couldn't tell anybody. And, like, I can't... I, I, I fully admit, I will never be able to get that joke to land. Jesus. <laughs> I, it is amazing that he got what is ostensibly the worst thing i've ever heard to just fucking kill and that's when i knew like dolomite was so special in that as lewd and vulgar as he is like 
you can't get any more lewd and vulgar than that. I'm actually against mutilating and sexually assaulting the handicapped. That's just you the would, thing. You wouldn't I'm, believe it, but he is. I'm 10 out of 10 against it. You won't find someone more against it than me. And the joke killed. So, like, I don't care if you're a fundamentalist Christian sitting right next to me who's like, you know, has different values of what lewdness is. I'm saying we're equally offended at this joke and they would have laughed. That's the magic of Dolomite. So, at the beginning, uh, so, was that his actual stand-up that he was doing then, this yes. guy? Okay. Yeah. Of course. Well, he's I, not going to write a different thing just for a movie that he's making. Yeah, okay. I wonder, and I like, because like, when he was doing the thing with the fat people and they were laughing so much, yeah. I was like, are they are they being paid to laugh was my question. Oh, that's it. I feel like, um, probably. I feel like they told that crowd they're going to be in the movie and everyone needs to be like a hot crowd. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they're being, they cut- they're being paid with Dolomite attention. That's the most valuable right. currency in this movie. <laughs> At the very least, they would know, like, deep down, if they're being, you know, cranky about it, they're not going to be in the movie. Yeah. And so, uh, but yeah, those were hurtful jokes and definitely not funny. And no one else in the world could even come, come close to making them work. I argue Dolomite didn't make them work. That's, they're super weak. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, they're very weak. But- and it does not, it does not look like they're laughing in the eyes. They're very much. <laughs> yes. Like when they cut to the guy that he's talking about how ugly he is, that guy is just like, no. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm not really going to, I'm not going to smile on this, this one. Well, yeah. And they're like, closing his joke up goes on to his- you, Brockway. Oh. Uh, Dolomite says to that man, your lips look like you're wearing a turtleneck sweater. I had a brother look just like you. What's the punchline? I, I don't remember. I don't think I heard that one. Oh, lady, do you remember this one? Oh, mm, no, it's something about he died, but I can't remember how he died. It's true. He did die. <laughs> Uh, I can't give you partial credit, though, because a lot of people die at the end of a Dolomite joke. Yeah, uh, I was going to say, I feel like my brain is telling me it was he died in Vietnam. I'm like, no, there is, that doesn't make there sense. There is a, a Vietnam joke. joke. Yeah, there is one. <laughs> he said to this man uh, who looks like he's wearing his looks, who looks like his lips are wearing a turtleneck sweater, he says, uh, his brother looked just like him. He stuck his head out the window and his lips beat him to death. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's the first time I'm hearing that. Like, it's 1976 oh. audio, oh, it's and I so just good. You can't yeah, make out everything bad. the first time. So but, I, um, I, did, I couldn't make that one out the first time, but uh, <laughs> I am glad that somebody died at the end of it so that I can laugh. <laughs> yes. Uh, Liddy, next joke goes to you. This is the Vietnam joke. It's, it's one of my favorites. Um, classic vaudevillian structure yeah i'm gonna get this two soldiers went to vietnam (laughs) (laughs) a black soldier and a white soldier can you dig it again i'm just gonna speak the jokes verbatim even though i can't make a lot of this language work and they come all the way back home and the people in louisiana said we're gonna give you all anything you all want they looked at the white soldier and said young man what do you want he said well i'll tell you what i want i want me ten thousand dollars and a lincoln continental to drive they said we're gonna get that for you then they looked at the brother. They said, brother, what would you like? The brother went, uh, well, y'all can give me a dollar and a half from the head of my dingling down to my balls. They said, brother, brother, don't you want no more than that? He said, no, that's all I want. So we pulled it out and they put a dollar and a half on the head of it. Then they put another dollar and a half on it and another dollar and a half, another dollar and a half and another dollar and a half. And one of those fellas looks at him and said, <clears throat> where is your balls at, lady? In Vietnam. Yes. <laughs> that is not a joke you forget. <laughs> not I'm a joke you forget. Utterly mystified at the dollar and a half. <laughs> what an insane unit of measurement. 
Well, like, why a dollar? It could just be a dollar, and I would be with you. It could be why a dollar and. Is it two quarters two wrapped quarters? in a dollar bill? Is it six quarters? Is it, is six, it just a handful are, of loose yeah, change? Yeah, it's so important how you're breaking this. Like, it just you don't want to front load your joke with questions like, "Wait a minute, why are why are we doing a dollar and a half?" Because then I'm thinking about why we're doing a dollar and a half while you're laying the groundwork for the joke, and then I come back and I'm like, "Wait, Vietnam? What? Why was it a dollar and a half?" Yeah, and just, and just I love do a it dollar. And like a dollar makes perfect sense. I know. Yes, but the the thing about Dolomite is he is a comedy genius. Whether he knows it or not. And subconsciously, he knew a dollar did not work on the timing. It's like a lot of people say that he's like the black Dennis Miller because his timing is everything. The way he says things is everything. Nobody no- has ever said that. You have <laughs> never said that before just now. Never. Never. I was, I'm, you I'm glad you, you called me out. You wouldn't fucking dare. You wouldn't dare. That was a joke. Dolomite could have made land and I couldn't. But but he knew, like, put a dollar on a dick is like, mm. What about dollar and a half and another dollar and a half? And you're like, wait a second. That is funny. <laughs> I, I do like put a dollar on that We witnessed it dick, in real time. And they put another dollar, dollar on that dick. Yeah. yeah, it's it's good, but it's not as good as dollar and a half. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. And, dollar and a half is funny for some reason. <laughs> and he, he, the way he drags out the, the syllable. And uh, you didn't do this uh, in your performance, Liddy, but he did say, in Vietnam, yeah. like he—that's a long now. Yeah, and he chops um, it up Vietnam. Like he really, he really <laughs> yeah. uh, leans into that word. And I gotta say, <laughs> I laugh. It worked. The crowd loved it. It's so it worked good. on me. <laughs> and it's so predictable. It just doesn't matter. He fucking breaks every rule. Yeah, I'm already the winner of this podcast just because I haven't done the voice. <laughs> yeah, I'm already in the least trouble. Usually, yeah, part. usually uh, it's me that avoids it, but I, I couldn't help it. He <laughs> got you. Yep. He got you. I will do the he'll, he'll probably several he might times. Get me by the time this is out, but I'll be the last one and therefore in the least amount of trouble. This was a trap. So, one of uh, my favorite jokes, uh, another thing that happens in Dolomite movies is that uh, he'll keep the bad takes. So when it cuts to him for this joke that I'm telling right now, it's like a different setup. I'm not sure the crowd's in the room and he's fucking flubbing every line. It's like, they're like, dude, we got to get, we got to get that joke again. Dolomite. He's like, all right. And he goes, young lady took her boyfriend out with her the other night. You know, see, this is, that's my Dolomite voice. I probably shouldn't do it. Uh, she got into bed with him and baby, he did his thing before he could get on top of her. And she, and he looked at her and said, go in the kitchen and fix me some food. She went in the kitchen and brought him a head of lettuce and a bowl of carrots. He looked at her and he said, why in the world did you bring me these carrots and lettuce out here? She looked at him and said, Brockway. Uh, if you're going to fuck like a rabbit, you're going to eat like one too. <laughs> Almost word for word. Very, very nicely done. Again, great joke structure. I would argue he performed that joke a three out of ten. Really uh, uh, poor performance. If you're watching Human Tornado, I, it's one of my favorite scenes because you're like, dude, can we get a second take on this joke? And Rudy's no, like, nah, fuck no, fuck no. <laughs> I'm not doing that again. Motherfucker, you got your one take. <laughs> now give me my $17 and a half. <laughs> uh, I created an entire quiz. I, I didn't just transcribe jokes. Uh, I did create an entire quiz. And I think we should go through it and that will be the structure of the podcast. So I'll, um, let's start can off we, can here. We, wait, can we talk just real quick? I want to talk mm-hmm. about my favorite moment from the movie, which was the very first frame of the movie. The movie opens yeah. with Rudy Ray Moore in a bedsheet that he has drawn the, the title of the movie on. He does the yeah. credits on a bedsheet, and then he just yeah. wanders away, presumably naked, into the <laughs> desert. 
with the credits yeah. of the movie on a bed sheet and i just immediately knew like this is something special that's it's how you introduce special. something special uh, that's that demonstrates like it's just not an auteur film like there's a lot of production so he's doing a lot of stuff that probably would have looked cool if they edited it all together right but he goes out there and sort of does like this african spiritual awakening and he's just making it up on the fly and there's a lot of transition between his poses that's sort of like him like looking directly into the camera and being like, okay, now I'll do one where like my palms are up and I'm like summoning the sun's power. And then, uh, and they just keep it all that. It's just like 40 seconds straight of him just trying out weird poses. And, uh, it's fantastic. It's so magical. And not to mention the Kung Fu moves that, um, I don't think he's had a day of training. I, no, I, it wouldn't no surprise way. me no. if, if he's never ever met a Kung Fu instructor. Because all and, of his kung fu is also kind of making fun of kung fu, but also yes. not making fun. It's it's like when you were twelve and trying to uh -huh. pretend to do kung fu that you had seen Jackie Chan do in a movie. Only right. he's like also trying to make a joke out of it. Right. It's it's, uh, it's great. It's it, so hard to it, pin down. It's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy what he does. It's just it's in fast motion, and he's going like the whole time. That's his yes. battle. That's his battle cries. Well, and I yeah, they they added that if you're from if you're not familiar with this movie, you should all go watch it. But uh, they did film most of the kung fu in slow motion, and then sped it up two times, and so of course they couldn't use the original audio. So they add a whole bunch of whoosh, 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 and then all of the sound effects are made by Dolomite himself going. But he's not, of course, moving his mouth anywhere close to these things. So it's sort of just like his internal monologue of him just thinking that while he fights. And, and then um, he his his key eye is just motorboating. He motorboats the air <laughs> yes. every time. <laughs> it's, it's astounding. It's so good. Well, anyway, you, I, I'm point... sorry to disrupt your quiz. Oh yeah, can I can I do my favorite part too? Then can I do my favorite part? Absolutely. Um. So I thought about taking an edible before I watched this movie, and I was so glad I didn't. At the point when they're doing kind of like a rocky horror dance, like you know how they have the little breaks for people to do, um, right. like vaudeville routines, kind of. Oh my god, I'm so glad you mentioned those guys because I love that too. Yeah, when as soon as that happened, I was like, "This is crazy," and I love it. But also, if I was high, it would <laughs> freak me out because it's like the background is all red and they're all dressed up in like these tuxedo kind of outfits, so it does yeah. look like Broadway, and they're just like moving their bodies. In a way it's the that it's not, dance. yeah, it's not like dancing. It's just like they're kind of moving their bodies at you, and we've seen yeah, it's like they're they're leaning back and doing bicycle kicks like straight out. Yeah, uh, it. The way I described it, uh, I guess it's sort of like if you, like if you were a saw victim and you you woke up in a top hat and the tape recorder said, "You dance on the lives of others <laughs> for your own entertainment. Now you must dance for your own life," and you just like knew that you had to get up and do like. Just a weird, yeah. like, vaudevillian dance routine. Like, it looks like they don't want to be dancing because their faces are stressed. They're, like, they're yes. stressed. <laughs> to end that dance, the guy does, like, the scoot across the carpet to build up static charge thing. Only he yeah. grabs a woman who clearly does not know that she's about to be grabbed and just, like, choo-choo trains her off the screen while she looks around for help. And it's... Yeah. It's like she wildly just, unrehearsed. She was not in on it. <laughs> she was just like, where am I going? Where am I going? Yes. Attached to this man train. And this is the uh, Xavier Chapman uh, and his company. That's the what the act was called. Um, okay. So, uh, again, another theme of the Dolomite films is that they cut to Queen Bee's Club and the acts are just fucking garbage. Another the act that I loved is one of the principal actors, Dolomite's like sidekick, doing like sort of an Elvisy hip shaking papa thing. 
while he lip syncs a song that's also really bad. Uh, and so, uh, anyway, it's weird. The the shows that go on at these clubs are really fucking weird. Yeah, and it, it was uh, part, I like that it felt like at that point, I was like, oh, someone who made this movie thought it was going to be like a cool experimental 70s movie, you know? And then right. someone thought it was a karate movie, and someone else thought it was a comedy. And yes. those three people all mushed together to make one movie, and that's why it's so entertaining, because mm-hmm. you're just seeing three vastly yes. different movies at once. And you you never know which one you're going to get yeah. from moment to moment. <laughs> and also, there's there's David Lynch for like one one very long, there's a bizarre David fucking Lynch sex scene. Oh, the best scene in the movie. I <laughs> love Lynch that. David Lynch wishes. <laughs> On that yes. sex scene. <laughs> so good. That's what I was really, yeah, I was like, okay, I like this at the for, the for vaudeville thing. And then at the David Lynch mm-hmm. scene, I was like, I love this now. Yeah. Okay. I'm glad you like yes. this. Uh, so let's have you start with this quiz. Uh, this first question goes to you. Mm-hmm. Now, it's a very quotable movie. So these is going to be testing how well you can quote Dolomite to the human tornado. Okay. Now, early in the movie... Dolomite donates his house to, uh, and I quote, the gentleman that started the drive for the boys' home. And then he goes into a bedroom and he finds a nude woman waiting for him. What does he say to her? It's a really bad time for me right now. (laughs) That's really close. (laughs) He says, all right, let's get this shit over. I ain't got all day. (laughs) (laughs) I know at one point he said it was, you arrived at a really bad time. Maybe that was earlier before that. Uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, when she, when they, you're right. You're you're quoting her beforehand, uh, but uh, yeah. So Dolomite apparently is uh, a gigolo. Uh, in the first movie, he was a pimp. In this movie, he himself is paid to sexually service women. And this was a client who showed up like at a fundraising event at his personal home that he was donating. Like he was donating the home they were in at the time of the the sexual exchange of money so it is no longer um, his home it is that man's home it is this charity's yes. home and the entire charity is out there in the living room while he rails this <laughs> this woman yes. for pay yeah well there's like and, 400 uh, people at this party and she buys at least 30 minutes after they're done having sex it's made clear he has 30 more minutes on his contract and so he left this party for an hour to just go bang oh uh, uh i guess a. Uh, Jane? A John. Jane. A Jane? A Jane. Mm-hmm. A Jane. Um, but the next question is to you, Brockway. After she said, after he says, all right, let's get this shit over. I ain't got all day. What does she say back? Uh, she says, you're worth every, you're worth every dollar? Ah, something like that. Yeah. Wow, that's really close. Mm-hmm. She's the word for word quote is Dolomite. You're worth every damn cent I pay you. <laughs> yeah. So, fantastic. And so now, um, the driving plot of the movie happens. So um, some people are driving by and they see the party up on the hill. And they're really angry that the people at the party are black. And so they go tell the sheriff. And the sheriff's like, whoa, black people having a party where? And they go up at the, the fancy N-word's house. Uh, the liberal use of the N-word here. But like they're, they basically know about a wealthy African-American who lives in this house. And they're just mad that he has house guests. And... They are going to go there with a full fucking SWAT team. Like, they're going there to kill them. And uh, that's it. Um, so the sheriff goes there and holds the entire party at gunpoint and immediately starts sexually assaulting one of the women. Now, this sexual assault causes the door to open where Dolomite is being paid to have sex with the sheriff's wife. That's who that character is. And 
uh, she screams out to the sheriff, he made me do it. Now, uh, Lydia, what did Dolomite say in response to that? Bitch. <laughs> it was it's something I know it started like bitch. And yeah. then he said like, um, uh, I can't remember. It was like, you're crazy or something. Are you for He's, real? Are you for real? That's it. Yep. <laughs> Rockway steals. <laughs> yep. So then, uh, so then the sheriff c- commands his deputy to murder them both, and he shoots his boss's wife. Boom! And Dolomite very nudely escapes, and then he just jumps down the hill, and uh, he screams the, the freeze frame, and then voiceover Dolomite says, "See so y'all don't believe I jumped, huh?" Brockway, what does he say after that? Uh, I think it was just check this shit out. Check out this it's good very shit. Very close. I yes. wrote it down because I thought that steal. was like yeah. I like how the movie stops to be like, isn't this a good movie that I'm making right now? Yes. <laughs> and then he rolls nakedly down a forested hill, just dick flopping, just dragging every into- unflattering angle. And and the thing about Rudy Ray Moore is he's not a fit man. No, like, no, he's. They, he's, he's built almost exactly like me. It's like me doing all of this. Right, but you're hot as shit when you roll naked down a hill. Like, I'm and like, bad, so bad, is boom. he. Yes, yeah, you're right. No, I'm he, saying he, he pulls he, it off. I'm just saying that to be so undefensive about your body, uh, to just be like, yeah, let's just, I'm going to roll down the hill naked. Keep it the cameras was rolling. inspiring. Yeah, like, yeah, it was also really just the flagrant disregard for your, like, dick integrity. Because that was just a straight, it wasn't <laughs> right. like a, a stunt hill or anything. Like, it was just full of <laughs> yeah. weeds and, and shit. And this is the desert. There were got to be thorns in there. And he just fucking threw himself all the way down it. And he could have gotten he the He definitely got some brambles it. jammed up his dollar and a half. <laughs> <laughs> Can we rewind to the sheriff just real quick? Because he's sure. I, he may be my favorite character in the movie. Uh, he looks like Kenny Rogers. And he yeah. cannot act and doesn't try. But he is just having such a good time. Yeah. He's have, his character is supposed to be like sinister and hateful and racist. And he's just giggling like a little child the whole time. And he's like giving right. everybody these real happy facial expressions. And it, it creates a deeply unsettling character. But also you root for him because he's having the actor is clearly having yes. so much fun. You're like, I, I want you I to get he- more scenes. I bet he's like one of their church community leaders. Like, I got the idea that after they rap, like, he's like, he drops the weird, like, giggling hillbilly voice. And he's like, man, that was a really great. That was a lot of fun, guys. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, I felt like just- they were definitely friends in real life. Like, it, yeah, I, I also got the vibe that he was having a ball and that this was like a fun game they were all playing together. Yeah, he is clearly like playing like the funnest game and he is having just a great day. But he's also yeah. playing like the worst racist monster, and it creates, I'm, I'm sure, unintentionally, just a deeply, deeply unsettling character. Yeah, like a Joker esque, yes. <laughs> gleeful racist. Very like Joker esque yeah. and and insane, but but you kind of just like oh, I'm just happy he's happy. <laughs> That's a good point. They should get this guy to play the Joker in whatever that multiverse Batman movie is. <laughs> He'd be a perfect elderly Joker. Yeah, he could pull it off. Yeah. As long as he was Maybe actually... from a universe where Batman's black. <laughs> yeah, there we go. As long as he's actually having fun, because I think that's the key. Yeah. That's the key. I don't trust his acting skills. He has to be having a genuinely good time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's something that happens. So, so Dolomite, they, they, his friends pick him up at the bottom of the hill, and he gets in the back, and uh, he demonstrates this ability that he has only sometimes to speak entirely in rhyme during very stressful situations. So... Um, they're, they're being chased by the sheriff, and Dolomite says, 
whose turn is to answer a question? Is it? Uh, it's Lydia's. She Lydia's stole time. from me okay. last yeah, time. Yeah, I think it's my turn. Right. But I'm so not gonna... this question is going to be to you, okay. Lydia. I'm going to ask you to finish this rhyme. He says, we can't shake this gravy sopping motherfucker, so turn up in that cave. What comes next? I have no idea. I never understood his rhymes because I was so thrown <laughs> off by the fact that all of a sudden he was rhyming. I, I, yeah, it's very strange. I don't, it is very disorienting. I don't. Because he doesn't do it all. He does it like four times. Yeah, uh-huh. but no, I have Yeah, he's not like Etrigan. Like he can turn it on and off. It It's... Uh, so what he says, uh, Brockway, unless you can steal. Uh, I think it was just like, let's get this, let's blast this sucker. Oh, sucker. Well, it has to rhyme with cave. Oh. Uh, maybe that's that's when he shoots them with the shotgun. I think he just... <laughs> it is. He's, well, the rhyme was, I got a plan to make this son of a gun dig his own grave. Oh, that's good. Oh, Which, okay. So uh, he does not force the man to dig his own grave no he uh, shoots the car with a shotgun and it explodes yes, it's it like blast this sucker and then they shoot the car with a shotgun and it just fucking blows up yes it blows <laughs> up shotgun. two cars it, like in a chain reaction and i thought he was gonna park the car like up the hill and then roll it down to hit the other car which made a lot of yeah. sense and then he just stops yeah. it and they can clearly see that the car is stopped and they just like nicely pull up yeah to it like in like right next to it so that they can easily explode both cars and it seemed like an elaborate plan that dolomite had where he's like okay when i tell you to drop the motherfucker you drop the motherfucker like he had this whole thing like i can see why you thought he was gonna like roll that down the hill but it turns out he just put the car in the way and then got out while like in perfect eyeline of the police like they they knew where they were and this plan still worked i think it's because when um Shotguns hit you, you die, even if like you see it coming. And so they got hit by the shotgun and then that caused a big explosion. So um I think it's just like a perfect metaphor for this movie because you thought there was a plan. Yeah. Only right. there wasn't a plan, but it there still kind of worked. Yeah, it still yeah. looked cool. I was like, hey, <laughs> yeah, it still looked cool effect. and I enjoyed it. Good, 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 good. You did that, guys, which I did not think this movie would have the budget or the, you know, ability to do that big of an explosion safely, which I'm sure it wasn't mm-hmm. done safely, actually. But, you know, it was done. Yeah, they lost a couple of pyrotechnic guys, a couple of the assistants to Rudy Ray Moore, R.I.P. Uh, so Dolomite, uh, when they're setting up this ambush, he says, uh, and this is going to be to you, Brockway. I'll stop this long-haired, sea-sapping, dilapidated sheriff now, because he just want to follow me anyhow. Now you're going to finish this next line. He thinks he's bad and he ain't got no class. I'm going to uh-huh. what? I, I think this is the one I was thinking of with like blast his ass. I'm gonna blast his ass. Uh wrap this shotgun up his motherfucking right. ass. <laughs> Damn it. God, it's so hard not to like do the inflection when you're doing dolomite lines. <laughs> How do you Yeah <laughs> He's he has a way of like like emphasizing the tail end of a rhyme with like sort of this head wiggle butt wiggle, like it's just kind of a legendary. mongoose move. He's got a little a yeah. little mongoose wiggle to him. <laughs> yeah. He's a, he's a he big man. That yeah. yeah, he's a real joy he, to the way they He incorporates it into his kung fu. Like, there's a, yeah. Yes. I can't pull it off. I'm trying. Like, I, I pro- I'm probably in the top 0.01% of Dolomite fans worldwide. I can say that. I think safely. Uh, and so I've practiced this just a lot in my head. I walk around talking like Dolomite sometimes. Not not, not in front of people. <laughs> <laughs> just like when you're psyching yourself up in the mirror in the morning. Yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> hey, how do you wrap uh, something up someone's ass? Like I around someone's ass, I get, but wrapping it up, I feel like wrapping the word there is like wrapping it like a gift. Wrapping it up in their ass. Their ass is is the is the box and the wrapping paper. Oh, okay, I get it. And the the gift the gift is the shotgun. Yes. Okay. I wouldn't be so certain we've landed on it. There's a lot of mystery in the language of Dolomite that like no one can uncover. I've yes. actually Googled a lot of the things he says. Is this like was this like an old saying people used to say? No, he just fucking says stuff. It's like a Zen um, koan. Just <laughs> it's just there to be puzzled over. And if if you find meaning in it, you're the one who's wrong. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, Lydia, this next question is to you because now they're, they've blown up the car and they're fleeing through the wilderness in their party clothes. They look fucking awesome. And then uh, Dolomite asks Bo, played by Ernie Hudson, credited in this movie as uh, Lewis Hudson. And he says, well, Bo, if a snake was to bite me on my ass, what would you do? What does Bo say back? Uh, well, bef- okay. So before they said, if a snake bit me on my leg, what would you do? And he said, suck the poison out, don't uh-huh. And then he says, if, if you, right. if a snake bit me on my ass, what would you do? And he said, I- I'd watch you die, right? Very close. He says, and I quote, Dolomite, I guess you'd be a dead motherfucker. <laughs> 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 yeah, I'd watch you die is a little grim delivery for that. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. I mean, we all, uh, I, I, I liked it. I, I felt like it was very, it was very you. Like, that's what you would say if someone asked you to suck poison out <laughs> yeah, their butt. Yeah, probably. You'd say, you'd say, I'm going to watch you die. You <laughs> probably the, would not call them. The very brief and not entirely relevant detail that he he disappeared without shoes. He has his... They <laughs> yes. somebody, somebody brought him his, like, full quilted denim... Onesie. ...jumpsuit <laughs> with matching... Kangle hat, yes. but nobody brought him shoes, so he's he's walking walking around through the desert barefoot and like like mincing like you would mince yes. with if, if you were it walking is. through the desert barefoot this whole time. Yeah. That outfit, it like the clothes. fact that everyone else is dressed relatively like normally, and then he's wearing what is clearly like a very fashion forward for the seventies like getup, uh-huh. so that he stands out so much from them was like. Brilliant to me. All denim quilt. Yes, and like a very a onesie, very tight onesie, and then that very brash mm-hmm. like hat, very jaunty hat. Yeah. I loved it. It suits him so perfectly. He looks good. He is is the, the point you're making? Yeah, like he he looks great, uh, and he's. It, I believe that's the point he made too several times. Yeah, <laughs> you can tell he feels like he looks great too. Hmm. Yes. Uh, Brockway, the next question is to you because they finally do get to a phone after they uh, they hijack a car with some really problematic stuff. Uh, the yeah. they 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 send their hottest friend out shirtless to hitchhike for a lady, but they get like a real fresh faced dude, and he's overjoyed to get kidnapped by these men, and uh, don't doesn't make me comfortable. It does not hold up as well as the rest of the film. And his but, paisley um, galaxy shirt, yes, it's wonderful. And, <laughs> so they stop at a gas station and they and he and Dolomite calls Queen Bee and he says, um, the first the, the first and the second of three titular lines come here. He's on the phone with Queen Bee and he says, The way you blew or Queen Bee says, The way you blew Annie's mind, baby, you must be a human tornado. How does he respond to that? Oh I do not remember. <laughs> I may not have heard that one. Well, uh he says, Okay, Queen Bee, don't tell her I'm coming. When I get there, I'm going to make her think I'm a human tornado. Yeah, okay. I thought that I, I could have stolen that. I thought I knew that one. Oh, okay. I knew he said, I, when I when I get there, I'm going to 
do it again in some way. <laughs> yes. And, and and I'm not adding a weird inflection. Like he says that in a weird, a weird, weird way. Yeah. Yeah, that uh, was like like he wasn't prepared for that line that they gave him. He's like, "Oh, okay. I'm, <laughs> I'm just going to repeat part of it back to you." Well, and that yes, I am the human tornado. The whole conversation yes. was weirdly ADR too, in a, in a really bad way, like worse than the rest yeah. of the movie. Well, in the first Dolomite movie, the boom mic makes an appearance several times, <laughs> so maybe they just decided we should save ourselves some trouble and like just do all ADR. Yeah. Uh, so uh, the next thing that happens is. Queen Bee gets like uh, totally ambushed by Cavaletti, who has a, a club that's not doing well because everyone wants to go to Queen Bee's club to see that fucking Xavier Chapman and his dance company. And so they basically come in and they kidnap TC and Java, uh, two dancer performers. Now, um, I do want to talk about TC and Java because uh, I don't, I don't. J- TC's fine, but I really like Java. Like, what do you guys think of Java? Was that the lady in the jean outfit? I that names. Yeah, I didn't know their names, but that she yes. was the one in the jean outfit that had the, like, rock-hard abs and actually got to kick some ass. Yes. Yes, loved her, yes. loved her. They actually let her do loved some her. stuff, now, and I was impressed by that. Yeah. Here's what I discovered while doing research for this podcast. Java played, uh, and IMDb called her Lord Java, and I thought, what a strange name. So I looked her up. And she was an open trans woman, like, back in the 70s. Oh. And she used to perform at Red Fox's Theater and do, like, stand-up and impressions. And, and like, that's how she uh, met Rudy Ray Moore. And, and so she was often, like, getting shut down by the LAPD over something called Rule Number 9, which was basically this old, like, stupid law in the books that said you couldn't do cross-dressing during a performance. Oh, my god! Which meant trans performers basically became illegal as soon as they did something public. And, uh, and so this was a woman who like was, you know, known for this and close personal friends with Rudy Ray Moore. And he put her in the movie, not as like, Oh, hi, I'm a trans person. Just like as a hot girl karate master. And I think this is probably the first of that. Yeah. Like I looked up every, like who's the first trans actress in a movie. And I didn't get anything close to pre 1976, which is when this movie came out. So like, that's that's kind of special. That is, and as much as especially they were they they lingered over her body a lot. You know, she was very much oh, a yeah. sex they like perved out on a her. sex object. Like every other woman in the, in the movie is very much a sex object, and like you know, rip mm-hmm. her shirt off several times and have her weirdly. I like that she didn't have a bra, <laughs> and then they gave her a bra so that she could be in her bra and panties for later. <laughs> <That's> right. <laughs> but, they, they, they gave her the last. Yes, outfit. but like, yeah, I had no idea. I found this for you. The gentleman, gentlemanly thing to do. <laughs> yeah. See, I, I like that that makes this entire movie a crime, which I'm sure other, other people have accused <laughs> him of being, because she Holy was shit. in a performance. It's a performance. That's if that's true. illegal, then this whole movie is, is a, a crime, and that's a fantastic. Yep. Again, just uh, just a meta reference from Dolomite. A He's very Dolomite thing to do by, by Dolomite in Dolomite <laughs> from Dolomite. So one of the, I tried to find. Uh, like, like I said, I was trying to find the, an earlier example of a trans actress in a role where they like didn't make a thing out of mm-hmm. it, right? Mm-hmm. And um, the earliest I could find was five years later. There's a famous Bond girl, Caroline Cossey, who was in For Your Eyes Only. Uh, but she was actually outed as trans. Like, they put her in this movie and no one knew that, you know, she had dark origins in the other gender. And uh, so, like, I just think this wins by decades. I think Dolomite, Human Tornado is uh, the most... The most woke film of all time. 
That's very cool, though, because I think she probably was my favorite character in the movie. I was like, oh, it's nice that they're yeah. letting this lady do stuff. <laughs> yeah. And she didn't get a ton of lines. I also think she might have been a last minute replacement because Dolomite does call her Alice at one point in the movie. He's like, we got to go save TC and Alice. And there's no way he would mistake Java for Alice because, like, that's her real name. Like, yeah. uh, so he would know her as Java in the daily life. Um, so again, like that, that's weird, but, uh, Dolomite's also not great at remembering his lines. <laughs> so he could have just totally fucked that up. Or deserves uh, its place in the history books. Or there <laughs> yes. was just like some other girl named Alice there and he was just looking at her at the time and was like, ah, oh, we're not filming that again, so. <laughs> uh, we also get to see Hurricane Annie dance, who's like their star performer. Uh, I think Hurricane Annie is a, uh, I can say, I think it's safe to say she's a bad dancer. I don't know if you recall her, her, her <laughs> it was number. It very Elaine from Seinfeld. <laughs> yes. It was very like. I have lost control of parts of my body. I'm in control of others, but none of this is intentional. <laughs> but again, I don't think her appeal was the dancing. I think Hurricane Annie can get yeah. it. Yeah. So, and she does uh, spend a lot of the movie uh, nude. Like, she knows, too. She's like, just, yeah, I'm going to take these titties Another out. Another this- progressive scene. <laughs> well, I, yeah, I love I, their I, sex scene. I would argue scene. that Dolomite's women are specifically empowered. Like, it's almost like Rudy Ray Moore went in and said, like, Okay, I want all these naked ladies to like want to get on me, but they also need to know karate and we need to have a lot of scenes where they like actively beat the shit out of guys. And not just people trying to sexually assault them, just just like they're going to join in the karate fight with the rest of us. I feel like it's again, it's a really progressive movie. I'm not a good judge of this type of thing, but I no, I is. think the women in the movie were treated pretty well because I liked that they enjoyed having se- the sex that they had too. They were very like it was their choice. There was what one lady that's described mm. as like kind of an infomaniac. And the the one right. explicitly rapey scene with the sheriff, you know, that girl gets to kick him in the balls and he just falls to the ground and yeah. that's all there is. Oh, there is a little bit with um Java and the guy's kind of like grabbing her and touching her when she's tied up. Yeah. That is not great. But like, yeah. overall. I don't even know if that was in the script. That seemed like he's like, oh, no one's calling cut. Oh, I'm going to grab this yeah. <laughs> you guys are in. You guys are into this. But I, I found it amazing that they were able to. I thought there was some sort of standards thing about like showing a guy going down on a girl back then. Like that's This is the earliest I can remember seeing a oh, movie. Yeah. That could be. Because. Uh, Dolomite does do that in uh, his scene with uh, Hurricane mm-hmm. Annie. They have really bad chemistry. Like, I don't think they got along because when they kiss, it's like two bricks kind of bonking against each other. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but then he went down on her and like, you know. Yeah, there's a lot of that. In he, this it was off camera. It's alluded to in the and David Lynch scene, And then they cut really too. quickly away while he's going down on her to a, just a real quick still of him eating a, like a barbecue sandwich as if to say, <laughs> this is how he goes down. Like he's eating right. a barbecue sandwich. Yeah. I, <laughs> There's nothing story left telling. for pelvis. <laughs> <laughs> I, I uh, missed that so. somehow. <laughs> <laughs> You'll have to watch the entire movie oh, again. No. Yeah, the whole thing. And it's a real pleasure. It was probably the 12th time I've seen this movie. Uh, I rewatched it last night. Um, next question. Um, is it Liddy's turn? I think it's Liddy's turn. Uh, so he's on the phone with... Queen Bee and Cavaletti tells her, now you get your hot ass over here. I'll massacre those black bitches. I'll give you just one hour. What classic Dolomite line does Dolomite say in response to that? Oh. It wasn't to him. It was like, 
after the phone call was over, but it was uh, using a second person pronoun. Oh, so he, it's Dolomite something? He starts with saying Dolomite? No, that's third person. No, he's, Dolomite is saying okay. it uh, to the man, but not like, so he can hear oh. it. Uh, it starts with, why you? No, I can't remember. I got part? nothing. I'm sorry. All right. <laughs> was it Rockway, like, can you steal this? Was it something like rat poop eating motherfucker? <laughs> that is almost exactly right. Rat soup eating motherfucker. Rat oh, soup. Which is a classic. Soup. Yes. Classic Dolomite line. He says it probably four times in the first film uh, and several times in this one. Uh, I don't know if anyone else has accused anyone of being a rat soup eating motherfucker. I think Dolomite invented that. Um, I must have just assumed he meant poop and like filled it in because rat soup is just <laughs> so much more baffling. Yeah. It, it implies like sort of a hobo lifestyle. Like, like right. why? Because you're not just homeless. You're like on a train homeless. You're like, you got like a little camp or something. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. You got to make, you also, you've got to make the rat last. Like you don't get a lot of rats. Yes. So you got to really stretch it out to flavor <laughs> right. a soup rather than just barbecuing a rat. Like you get rats all the time. Yes. So it, you're not it even a successful like, hobo. Yeah, like if you're eating a rat on a stick, you're like, okay, maybe you're camping, maybe you're having a really you rough made. time. Yeah, but like if you're making rat soup, that's like your life. Your life is the type of person who eats rats so often you have rat recipes. Yeah, you're like enjoying like, it if you're making it a soup, which is yeah. just super fucked up. It takes, it takes a while, <laughs> but good job, Dole. Yes, yeah, <laughs> getting that depth of rat flavor. Uh, here's another, uh, this one's for Brockway. So they're planning the assault on Cavaletti's compound. And a doorbell rings, and it's kickboxer Howard Jackson playing himself. And Hurricane Annie says, Howard Jackson, is that the bad little motherfucker that taught me martial arts? What does Howard Jackson say back to this? Oh, I don't remember what he says back. I remember the line after. Do you remember this, Liddy? No, not exactly. No, uh, no, not exactly. I don't. All right. Well, it's one of my favorite lines in the film. Uh... Is a super badass martial artist getting introduced to us very heavy-handedly. Like, hello, audience. This one is the martial artist. Uh, is that him? And he goes, in person. <laughs> that <laughs> was so weird. That they, I, 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 thank you for explaining that that's a real guy. Because I thought when they introduced him, yeah. it's before this big fight scene. They're setting up that he's going to fight and help Dolomite and be a very good fighter. And that's why Dolomite will win. And then he just disappears. Right. <laughs> no payoff. Yeah, he, he's... For he's a while, in he, he's in the scene. scene. Yeah, he's he gets some shots. In, I would say some shot like shots, and he he misses every kick by like two feet. But his kicks are fucking sweet. Like he kicks that tall guy like yeah, he way kicks above like his straight, head, straight like vertical. Yeah. Are you, is it the he, next question about the line the other guy says to him when he sees him? I uh, left that out, but like it is very strange. So let's let's talk about that. Do you remember what he says? What the other guy says to him? Uh, not exactly, but it's something like. Uh, I'm going to beat that guy to death with my dick. Yeah, he says <laughs> yes. he's short, it's right? Really he's like, that. this guy, he's short. I yeah. could beat him to death with my yeah, dick. He's, he's kind of, he's sprightly. He's just, yeah. I, I could beat that he's, guy he's to death like with my five, dick. He's probably like 5'7", but he's, he totally can't. <laughs> like, that dude can't fight for shit. And then here's Howard Jackson, who's just obviously their best fighter. And for no reason, everyone's super excited to see Howard. This guy's like, fuck you, I hate Howard. I'm going to beat him to death with my dick. And Howard's like, we'll see about that. And it never pays off. There's no point to any of it. And they, in fact, they, don't they, be, resolve they save later. each other and become friends. 
<laughs> Maybe <laughs> they do in the fight it. scene. Like he say, really? he saves him. He gets bonked in the okay. head by by the guy that said, "I'll beat you to death." Oh like, yeah, like my dick gets bonked in the head, and uh, Howard Jackson runs up and saves him, and they lift him up, and they're like they like get along. That scene okay. is yeah. I guess so, now that you mention it, that happens. That, that scene's just so chaotic that it's hard to like clock what's going on with who in it. So it's like I knew that guy, I guess yeah, that I knew was... the guy didn't like literally disappear, but it's just like everyone is chaotically whacking each other in the head with stuff and he didn't do anything like special or super cool like he didn't backflip into bunny or into anybody or anything which is he did one straight up vertical kick which was pretty sweet. oh i don't remember it. He, he must have kicked like eight feet high with his foot it's yeah, insane it was like great. with his other foot touching the ground but it i doesn't will make totally any sense. i will totally agree with lydia and that that scene was pure chaos because there was no way mm-hmm. anybody in the background or around like they choreographed the people in the middle of the frame light very lightly <laughs> Everybody yeah. around them was just actually fighting. Yeah. Like I watched, yes. rewound a few parts to watch, and they were just like <laughs> slapping the shit out of each other and strangling, <laughs> falling all over. Like men versus women, it was just a yeah. nightmare. There's a scene I love towards the tail end of the fight where like one woman is uh, sitting on a man and she's like hitting him with like the Karate Kid two like wheel punches. <laughs> she's like going back slap, forward slap, back slap, forward slap, and really getting into it, like really throwing her hands in the air. And then she sort of switches with two girls that are fighting and they, these seem really lightly choreographed and it goes on for a very long time. And in the background, there's just some dude slow choking another guy on the couch, just long, <laughs> long past the capacity for a man to live through, just t- choking a dead body while these other two fights are going on. And <laughs> it's in the a background, ex- in the background of one of those scenes, yeah. one of those, one of those ladies, I don't know if it was those exactly, but some lady lifted up a pillow and like went to hit somebody with it. Only that person yeah. had already moved. So she just kind of like fluffed yes. it and then dropped it on the floor <laughs> yep it's so good you could watch this movie a million times and still find new details i feel like we we this is a bad quiz because we skipped over some really important just stuff just rewind like how, and go back yeah and, yes and do it how they found the cavaletti compound is really oh important yeah that's the best part of the movie so important that's the best part of the movie <laughs> and i would like to get your take on what the fuck is happening because it turns suddenly into like high symbolic david lynch art in a way that doesn't make a ton of sense. I have so, a lot of opinions um, on that. I've thought about it a lot. <laughs> okay, good. So it starts off with um, Rudy Ray Moore discovering that uh, from like a junkie that there is a torture chamber. So Cavaletti owns like a torture place and nobody knows where it is, but his wife might. And so Dolomite hatches a scheme to go seduce the wife who he finds out is a nymphomaniac. So he goes there in a full on like Indiana Jones disguise, like, hello, I am here to sell pornography pictures. And uh, Lydia, you can take it from here. I, I want to hear okay. your thoughts on this. Scene. <laughs> Doing the voice, of course. Yes. So, yeah, he, he, so he's supposed to be there, I think, initially as like a Bible salesman is what I was thinking. He's doing kind of like a have you, have you had a moment mm-hmm. to talk about Jesus today? But instead of a Bible, what he pulls out <laughs> is a full size <laughs> painting, which is enormous of like a black man and a woman embracing nude. And mm-hmm. Cavaletti's yes. wife has answered the door, of course, in like a nightgown that's barely anything. Like her boobs are almost fully out, but there's a tiny little string mm-hmm. in between them, keeping them together. And she looks at the painting and it's, I think the painting hypnotizes her because Dolomite's right. kind of waving, <laughs> waving it around and he's going like, just look at this painting. Just look at this painting. And then mm-hmm. it cuts to, she, she starts to take her shirt off. It cuts to like a fantasy sequence 
where she's laying on <laughs> three large blocks like children have that spell out B-E-D for bed. And uh-huh. she's, uh, like... T- so already they're playing with, like, our concept of form and function and, and symbolism. Yes. And, like, what is a bed What versus what is, like, the word for bed? What is Where does concept and reality intersect? Yes, it... That's what happens in the middle of this kung fu movie about <laughs> and titties. Then, and then the black men come from a chest labeled toys. Yes. <laughs> yes. So that, that metaphor is pretty clear. I get it, yeah. And they're full on like have doll makeup on. Like they have red, pink blush on. Like every uh, child from a telenovela soap opera. Yes. But nothing else. Fully nude, but for the makeup. Fully nude. <laughs> fully nude. Delicately. See some, see some shaft. Yeah, you, you, you see some yeah. shaft. They do their best to cover it, but there's not a ton of work that goes into preventing everyone from seeing the shaft. It's Four just, of them climb out of the toy chest. Yes, and pose on just blocks. buff as shit. Yeah, they, they're doing muscle poses. And the blocks spell uh, couch, I think, that they pose on at the end. Why not? What, that should say like, <laughs> sofa. you know, serendipity <laughs> or society or something. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. So, Togetherness. And then it cuts to <laughs> Dolomite having sex with this woman so vigorously that at first mm-hmm. it's just like stuff's falling off the walls and it seems kind of kind of normal. And I, I'm not usually a yeah. fan of those jokes where it's like, it's funny and then it goes on for so long that it's like not funny anymore. And then it goes on for so long. That it's like funny right. again. But this was the one that mm-hmm. got me because he vigorously has sex with her for so long that the chandelier falls from the ceiling and then eventually the ceiling mm-hmm. falls off and the room crumbles right. to pieces as he's having sex yeah, with this woman. the whole house yeah. into a disaster area. It bursts into flames, like the electricity goes out, so sparks are flying everywhere. The ceiling falls on top of them. Yes, and they keep uh-huh. going. Surely, surely in danger. And she pops out. He fucks an earthquake it, into her. Yeah, he fucks that house apart. Yeah, he brings the house down on top of them from the vigorous sex that they're having. And in, in, in the best scene of the movie, she like falls out topless from underneath the bit of the roof that's fallen from them, but he's still having sex with her. She's still moving. And she... Well, the slide scene happens during this, right before this, too. Yes, how can I forget? She goes goes down a slide and then turns around, and then each of the the black men go headfirst down the slide into her ample titties, and each one Mm -hmm. is saying, "Where where is the house in Pasadena? And then they slide down. Where's Cavaletti keeping my girls? Where's Cavaletti right. keeping my Where's girls? Where's Cavaletti keeping my girls? And then they slide down, and each one, each one with Dolomite's voice, slides down the slide into her titties, and she loves it. And then, mm-hmm. then Lydia. I thought, like, well, she had her legs up. I thought it was her. Her legs were on each side of the slide, and they were going down face first into her. So I thought it was another pussy-eating metaphor where they're like sliding into her. God, I, okay. I love how there's so many interpretations. Could be. Yeah, because it's that complex that you could watch this like The Shining mm-hmm. so many times and find so many different meanings. Um, exactly. Stanley Kubrick and Dolomite are basically the same thing. But anyway, <laughs> 100%. this woman comes out from underneath the ceiling that's been fucked on top of her. And she's like still having sex somehow, which I don't know how that works <laughs> because he's pretty smushed under there. <laughs> but it, she tells them she's like where the address is. Oh, no, she says, Pasadena. It's in Pasadena. Yeah, just at the house on the hill is, in Pasadena. That's all the it's information. It's an enormous it's like, the house on the hill in city, Pasadena. and Dolomite somehow knows from that exactly where it is. Times yeah. to times every thrust, she says. Pasadena. Yeah, she says it like three or four times to every thrust as he finishes. It's in the it's a house on the hill in Pasadena. <laughs> 
And then it, it Which, cuts away and he is he is mockingly imitating her as they drive down the highway. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's in the house on a hill, Pasadena. And it's like, you have to, you hypnotized her. You had to hypnotize her into being sexed into telling you that. I don't know if that's an Painting accomplishment. Painting fucked her to get that information. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's truly insane. At any point, they could have just rewritten the script so that she gave him the address. Uh, maybe they didn't want to dox somebody. They're like, no, 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 we don't want to like have anyone show up in somebody's house in Pasadena. But I, I don't know the logic. I, I don't think that's enough to go on. In 1976, there was probably 120,000 people living in Pasadena. Uh, I don't know how many hills there are there, but... Uh, probably more than one. More than one, I imagine. Yeah. Maybe if you... Uh, and even then, like... Well, I was just to say, if you research Cavaletti and his holdings, there's only one house in Pasadena. Like, I'm thinking way too much into this, but it is it is possible right. that he owns multiple houses and it's just the one that's in Pasadena. Well, his his residence was in Pasadena too. In addition to his like torture fortress. Oh yeah. So um, that doesn't make sense. It's just right so next. Who knows? It's just right next door. It's <laughs> the house over. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how you do that otherwise. It's his like, guest is she home. gonna write down the address while he's fucking? Actually, they should have done that. That would be really funny if she went got gets a pin off the nightstand and a piece of paper and writes it down. <laughs> she has to like dig down in the sewer line to get the pen because like her whole foundation has been crumbled by Dolomite's pelvic thrusting. <laughs> Fucking destroyed her life. She's all helping him out. Which, and her husband didn't uh, notice that the house was crushed, apparently. That's never brought up. <laughs> Did you have sex with Dolomite? <laughs> this house has been totally destroyed. My insurance adjuster he knows exactly what it. this looks like. Bitch, are you for real? <laughs> so, uh, Liddy, this next question comes to you. I want to skip ahead to the Cavaletti-like fight. We're now, everyone's there. Uh, they, they've infiltrated the party as caterers. Uh, which they actually went and made a whole bunch of food, went to the door and said, hi, we're caterers. And the guy was like, I don't believe that they're caterers. So he checked every single bowl for food and seemed satisfied with it. He's like, okay, cool. You guys, this food looks really good. Come on in. Uh, and then their plan was getting two guys in that way and then just fucking go nuts, beating up everybody. So Dolomite's sneaking in the back, fighting his way there. And uh, he throws a guy off a balcony to his death. And the editor reverses this footage back and forth a few times. What does Dolomite scream in the voiceover after the man is dead? Oh, gosh. I was so distracted by the weird him jumping onto that ledge. <laughs> what does he say? Uh, it's a good point. Uh, they set this up by him fighting three guys. And to fight them, he took he cornered himself and then jumped 20 feet into the air up onto the balcony, did some sweet kung fu oh, moves, then jumped I back down. he says... You should have stayed down there, motherfucker. <laughs> that is so almost exactly word for word. Yes. He he made reference to the strange editing choices. Yes. <laughs> That's what happened. That's how meta this movie is. It's just, it, it uh, cannot be overstated how long the slow motion karate goes on. So they'll have a fight yes. scene and then he'll just do like karate hand voguing while making his yep. like noises. And uh, they'll just they'll just linger on that for like a good three minutes just watching yeah, him they do that. Lose a Nobody else that on footage. screen, nothing else happening. Yep. It's just, there's uh, a couple scenes, uh, a couple points in there where they forgot to speed up the half speed stuff. Yeah. So like, he's just really slowly, like kind of blocking. <laughs> oh, doing I love these, it so much. Little Every choice. High kicks. Cause he is not a flexible yes. man. No. <laughs> <laughs> Every choice is so funny. Every mistake is so funny. Um, Brockway, this question's to you. Um, 
So Dolomite uh, saves Java, hooray, and TC, eh, and he says, Mules have kicked me and didn't even bruise my hide. Rattlesnakes have bit me and crawled off and died. Yes, I fought my way in here because I'm rough and I'm ready. So girls, let's go get that motherfucking Cavaletti. Yes. Oh, that has to be it. Perfect. Yes. <laughs> word for word. Even the inflection was perfect. Yeah, you did the yeah. voice. <laughs> you oh, might have won shit. the whole quiz with that. <laughs> I did the voice. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah, I knew no, I wasn't um, making it out. I just needed to outlast you guys. <laughs> <laughs> so the party uh, still is going on as a party. Like the Dolomites like karate attack has not reached uh, the main party yet. So some guy brings in a man in a Speedo and he tells the rest of the party, Hey, everybody, got a special surprise for you. Cavaletti just hired a new man, and he's one of the boys. And for this evening's entertainment, he's going to demonstrate to us how he became... Liddy, what did he become? The number one nunchuck master of Brazil. <laughs> I, can, I can do better. I can beat it. I'll give it to you. Okay, let's see if you can beat it. Uh, Central America's champion of nunchuck sticks. <laughs> yes, that's oh, it. Wow. <laughs> uh, it was so fucking inexplicable. Uh, it was so. Oh, I just, they lingered they're on into him. it. They're like in his little speedo. Yeah. They panned over artistically to get like split mirror shots of him just going to town, nunchucks and a speedo in God. the middle of this upscale party. <laughs> You're right. It's so artistic. Why? Why pan across the room and then end on a mirror shot of him? Yeah, that's uh, another one his of those. Speedo doesn't fit. That's a weird choice. Yeah, it looked like Central America. Come on, almost champion of nunchuck sticks. He was wearing like silk <laughs> panties. It wasn't like a speedo. I swear yeah. it was like silk. It was the weirdest looking garment. Agreed. It's it's hard to describe what he's wearing. It's not quite a diaper, not quite a speedo. And it was only uh, to do that because he put on panties. like a leisure suit afterwards. So they let him get dressed up. Yeah. They're like, you have to strip down to your to your silk panties to do your nunchuck sticks. <laughs> yeah, my husband actually said, uh, thank so- God they let him put on a suit after that. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I'm glad they did yeah. that. Did him that dignity too. Uh, what did uh, Lucas think of this? He he enjoyed it. He played a lot of a chicken farming game that he's playing right now while he was watching it. <laughs> he was only like 50 percent mm, in. You, you gotta... can imagine there were certain scenes that grabbed his attention more than others. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Harvest them cocks. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I know that game. Yeah, if you're into uh, kung fu or boobs, like this movie really is indulgent. Like a lot of movies where that's mostly fighting or, you know, plot driven film and like somebody has a sex scene, you're like, okay, you're going to see a boob for like four to five seconds. Uh, Hurricane Annie is just like, I'm going to get these titties out and we're going to like really take a good well, look at these. I'm going to go, I'm going to display them at every angle. I'm going to lay on my back. I'm going to jump around a little. We're going to do a little workout. It, it felt like any scene too that they got felt like was a little boring and too expositionally. They just threw a, a nude woman in, like a topless woman in, where like yes. Cavaletti's doing phone calls and his wife's just sitting on his lap topless. Or <laughs> the weirdest one was the cop guy. Strong choice. That was like. Uh-huh. Uh, flirting with a cop lady who was in a weird, not at all what police women wear uniform, like a sexy cop uniform. Yeah, and and I think yeah, it was like a steward. Yeah, or and they were handcuffed together. So I was like, is she being arrested? Is she a fellow cop? Is this just like his <laughs> wife and they're doing a, a play thing? But it was at the gotta, office. It, it gonna molest uh-huh. through that exposition. Yeah, <laughs> that's <laughs> that was the guy they put on the case to find Dolomite. Because the sheriff came to L.A. and he's like, I got to find this Dolomite guy. We didn't put it like that. And the uh, the chief of police there did not have a problem with this guy saying the N-word a lot. And he says, I'll put my best guy on finding Dolomite. 
And then he called like his best guy, who's like a black detective, who was, I, w- I would say not, uh, not a great office worker, I guess, since he was having sex with what might have been a stewardess or a cop or a cosplayer or a prisoner <laughs> or his wife. Someone Hard just like, yeah, it was not never explained, never went back to again. The fact that he was having sex with this woman yeah. in his office, it was just purely like, this is a really long conversation. Let's put a topless woman. <laughs> he did say yeah. I what went, if one went of them was on fucking. vacation two hours ago. So he clocked out two hours ago and then just hung out in his office. Fuck it. Holy the whole shit. Time. You're right. That's how elegant the script is. You're absolutely right. He mentioned his vacation. That was him, like, getting ready for the yeah, He said, I, I, the I'm on vacation two hours ago. So he clocked mm-hmm. out, went on vacation. That was his vacation, was just railing this broad in his office. Yeah. Strange choice. Uh, <laughs> so here's um, a place in the film where they failed very hard as filmmakers. Uh, and I'll explain why. Like, they have this chaotic fight scene. And then uh, Ernie Hudson is... Uh, headbutting machine like that's his special ability is that he can headbutt everybody so he's headbutting and headbutting headbutting and then somebody comes in from off frame and karate chops him and then he's out and then dolomite enters and everyone's like oh shit it's on now and it turns out the guy that karate chopped him was the central american uh champ at nunchuck sticks and they just forgot to edit him into the the fight scene so far so I think he was supposed to come in in the original script and like clean house and like, oh, how are we going to beat this nunchuck stick champ? But instead of that, we get like half of the back of his head and then the movie sort of grinds to a halt. Uh, I don't think this was intentional. I think it's very funny, but I don't think they meant for it to be funny. So, uh, but it does lead me into the next question. This is for you, Brockway. Dolomite enters and says, you're a bad motherfucker. This I can see. And then it cuts to the nunchuck stick champ and he goes, Dolomite ignores this and continues his rhyme. What does he say? I don't remember. You're a bad motherfucker. This I can see. Lady, I have can a you guess, this? Uh, but you're not a badder motherfucker than me. It's not too far off. He says, but it's now time for you to bring your ass to me. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's pretty far <laughs> off. Could have gone better. Could have gone better, Rudy, or more. <laughs> Yeah, it's not a great rhyme. It's not uh, a great threat. <laughs> it's so perfectly, uh, terribly set up. Like, I don't know if they could have done anything worse to set this fight up. Um, bring I your love ass it. to me. Uh, yes, bring your ass to me. So then Dolomite, of course, uh, beats him up. The nunchucks are no help. Uh, another thing I love about this fight is how much fun everyone's having. Like, Dolomite's doing his k- kung fu moves, and there's a girl kind of squeezing behind him. who's just got a huge smile on her face. She's just having the best time. Everyone else is just, like, literally two feet away from him, just watching. Nunchucks. Like, they're well within nunchuck range. And they're just like, this is this is fun. Please, this is what we're going to do. Num- well, nunchuck gonna... sticks. Nunchuck sticks. You're right. Uh, I'll show some more respect to Central America. <laughs> Central American their... term for them. <laughs> their proud tradition of nunchuck they stick championships. use them exclusively to slice coconuts out of a tree like in Bloodsport. That's where that exactly. comes from. Are you guys following the sport? Like, uh, who do you think is the best of the modern nunchuck stick champions from Central America? Like, like 2015 to present, like, who are your tops? That's tough to say. Ooh. Because um, even watching that guy do nun- nunchuck sticks, he didn't look like he was very good at it. Like, he, he looked to me like he was hitting himself a lot. 
because I actually don't follow <laughs> yeah. the sport. Are you supposed to hit yourself with the nunchuck sticks a lot? Is that? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. That's every one of those is a point. Uh, it's all about <laughs> just seeing how to beat your opponent, but it's rude to beat another opponent, so you beat yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, oh. I'm, I'm a Billy. It's I'm a Billy Links man. Hits. I'm just Billy Links all the way. I I know. Oh, yeah. Look, Billy I Links know about the controversies. <laughs> I know about the mm-hmm. sex scandals. I know about the embezzlement. Uh, I'm still, I just got to say, he spins that stick. He, he spins that stick better than anybody else. Yeah, I only know the... I like Dick Bash Larry. Dick Bash Larry, he's got one move, but he's fucking he's, good I, at it. I, I, won't, I won't begrudge you that. He can just bash himself in the dick like nobody else's business. <laughs> yeah, and for, for me, I only know the big names, of course. But, uh, you know, everybody's mm-hmm. got to give a nod to Patty Pretty Punches. Who does the the really oh, yeah, good yeah. punches with the nunchucks? Where she kind of like wraps her fist around yeah, it yeah. and then use like drives it into their face with the nunchuck. Yeah, right. It's not a deep cut, but she's an innovator. Like, it's if we're gonna have a conversation about Central America's nunchuck stick champions, we're not of gonna course, leave her out. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, I'll I'll put her anytime in the dick bash competition. I I just I just don't think she's got it in her. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't want to be one of those guys, but I just I don't think she should be. Allowed yeah. in the dick bash. Look, I didn't want to be the one to say it. I, you know, yeah. All right. I think her T levels are think, too low. I think that's not fair. I think if they're going to have the dick bash competition, women should be allowed. That's just um, if you're going to have it, <sighs> don't be sexist Look, about I, it. I'm sorry. See, this is why I'm a Billy right. Lynx fan. Yeah. He doesn't bring this country. He leaves his politics out of the nunchuck stick. But you, like I said, I'm not. You guys know well, more about more than I do about it. But if I were if I were to look into it, I think I would really be big into Patty Pretty Punches. Mm-hmm. Agree to disagree. Yeah, I mean, she's a modern legend. Uh, she's she's the like the face of the of the sport. Uh, next up, uh, this is a question for uh, Liddy. When Cavaletti is begging Dolomite for his life, Dolomite says, Beg, little puppy, you like a big dog. Give you a little bit, and I'd be damned if you don't want it all. I'll take that money, and I'll use it well. Finish that It's time for you to go to hell. Really close. Because you got a one-way ticket straight to hell. But yes, I'm going to give you full credit for that. Brockway, the, the very last question of the Dolomite quiz goes to you. Uh, when Dolomite gives Cavalier to his own torture witch, he holds up a cage we of the torture trained- witch. Damn it! <laughs> so much. <laughs> this it's a dense movie. There is a torture witch, uh, and Dolomite <laughs> brings Cavalier to her, and she's like, "Yes, good. I'm going to torture this guy." And he's like, "Nuh-uh. Reverse it. You're going to torture the guy who pays you." And she does not have a problem with this. She's like, "Whatever. Tie him down. Here's the um." Dick eating rats. I train them very specifically to eat dicks. Yeah, the rats. The uh, rats do eat his dick, and they do show it. <laughs> yes. Very quickly too, they eat his entire dick. Okay. Yeah, they go right for that dick. Yeah, like they have been trained to eat. Like Dolomite has dick eating rats on hand, like just in his car <laughs> at all at all times. See, I thought I thought he borrowed them from the witch. Oh man, I thought man, these were her rats. I guess that makes more. I guess that makes more sense. <laughs> you know, someone will make soup out of those rats later, and that dick will add a little element of human flavor umami. to it. Yeah, little umami, that's what it's called. Um, so, he says to him, what goes around comes around. Now it's your turn to die, you what? What does he say to this man? It's got... Chained to a torture bed, about to get his dick eaten by rats. You... Uh... You know, I'll start you off. He says, you no business barred, insecure, 
What next? I, I can never make a map. I'm never going to get it. Something motherfucker. <laughs> just based on the, the usage and repetition you... of the word motherfucker. <laughs> Lady, you got a chance to steal here. You know business bard, insecure what? Te- terrible guy? It's something guy. You're both going to kick yourself. Dumb old white guy? Rat soup eating motherfucker. <laughs> See, do no. I get partial points for motherfucker? I did guess the motherfucker. <laughs> I don't think there's any chance you're not winning after your uh, your performance yeah. earlier. God, what was that question that you just you got it so? I got a few. So perfect. Yeah, I got a few. You on. nailed them perfectly. I'm I'm close close but no cigar on most of them. <laughs> I think it was that. Let's go get that motherfucking Cavaletti. Yeah. That was the one where you just. Yeah. I mean, Liddy, you you did great. I agree. But like, yeah, there's no Bra- shame in Brockway that. Brockway won. Brockway <laughs> dominated it. I did have a tiebreaker question. I'm going to just give to the room. Uh, this is at the very end, after uh, Dolomite is shot in the back by the sheriff and left to die. What does the star of the human tornado do and say after that? Oh, I know. Um, he he, he like do? sits up and turns around, reveals he's alive, and says, that motherfucker doesn't realize <laughs> that I'm a human tornado. <laughs> and then it's he true. rips open he- his vest to reveal it's lined with tinfoil? Yeah, it's got it's like a space blanket lining. Yeah. Which, <laughs> is that what he thinks bulletproof vests look like? Because it was also not like a bulletproof vest. It was like a, a stylish, low-cut little mini vest. Yeah, it's, it's like a little three-piece vest. Yeah, suit. like a cute vest. little vest lined with tinfoil. So that one threw me. <laughs> yeah, that I thought it was like a full-on magic thing. The first time I watched that movie, I'm like, oh, he's like... Like some sort of a kung fu spirit, like he can't be killed. Yeah, like, I'm like, no, wait, I think that's supposed to be a bulletproof vest. Yeah, they should have just had him be magic. I, it could have been magic. Yeah, he just should have sat up and been like, no, I'm fine. Actually, this whole movie, anytime anyone hit me, I didn't feel anything. Like, you can shoot me as much as you want. I am a god. I am Dolomite. And then be like picked up by a tornado, right. and that's the end of the movie. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I would have loved the that. The actual ending of this movie for me. Is when the credits roll. Because I've never seen this before. I've never seen anybody ballsy enough. The credits start with listing... I'm sure Sean will know the exact term. But it says everybody in the movie were assistants to Rudy uh-huh. Ray Moore. And then it lists everybody yes. in the movie. Every, everybody that worked on set. Yes. Every actor. Every actress. The director. All just special they assistants were- to Rudy <laughs> Ray Moore. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so ballsy. Uh, I love it. One thing we never talked about was I really liked at Cavaletti's place. He had a band called the Ben Taylor Trio, and they were kind of like the Black Bee Gees. And they were singing a song called uh, I'll Make Love to You. And it went, make love to you. Do it. I want to do it to you. And then just repeated that (laughs) for like four straight minutes. Simple, straightforward. Um, I like it. <laughs> I also like that they were there looking for Queen Bee and they asked some dude where Queen Bee was and he goes, I don't I don't get paid to talk, I get paid to sing. So they give him like five dollars and he goes, Oh, do you mean and they think that's the fucking funniest shit that's anyone ever done. And he he's like shaking them down for the location of a woman who's literally right behind him. She's a two hundred and fifty pound woman dressed like a fucking chandelier, <laughs> and they're like, Oh, there she is right behind you. And they didn't, like, ask for the $5 back. <laughs> just They're like, like, right, oh, she's right there. I think he says, like, well, <laughs> if I see her, I'll let you know. Walks off, and they're like, oh, there she is. No, he says, she's she around here somewhere. And then two seconds later, she literally yeah. had um, tinsel from a Christmas tree wrapped around her head. So yes. they found her. <laughs> yeah, that whole final scene, she's just dressed like a can of almond roca. It's amazing. <laughs> it's like how you would signal a passing airplane. Like, she's... 
It, the easiest person in the entire world to find. A well-lit club. She's a large woman. <laughs> Dressed entirely in reflective gear in this disco club with lights <laughs> everywhere. Well, yeah, and it's a hat, too. It's a tinsel-wrapped hat. Shining like a beacon in the dark. That's like It looks <laughs> kind of like want. it's wrapped around a police cone and then put on her head with like a bunch of other stuff. It's very yeah. large. It's a large hat. <laughs> I, I don't know if you'd call it fashion forward. No. Uh, it had a it, point of view, for it's sure. It's more like it's like a hobo. Like I say, it, it feels like a like a homemade thing. Like like you are trying to catch the attention of a passing plane, or 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 you're you're throwing together a costume for some sort of like a play for your four year old. I don't know. Like sometimes my daughter will play fashion show, and she'll say like, "Daddy, Daddy, your turn to play fashion show." It's the kind of thing I would throw together in her room and be like, "Fashion show," because <laughs> <Yes>. that's <laughs> so. I don't know. I bet four-year-olds like that scene. I like scene. that scene. I like that right after, like, basically immediately after Dolomite and Hurricane Annie that learned that their friends have been essentially enslaved at this club, where, like, they've closed down the other club by kidnapping right. the waitresses. They say, you have to come work at our club now, and so does everyone else who works there. You all have to come work at our club. And they find that yes. out, and they're like, okay. And then they just go home and have a very long sex scene between the two of them. That's their solution. Yeah, gotta fuck it well, out. It started out as a nude fitness scene because she's like, Dolomite, you let yourself go. Right, then Let's go. We skip. We skip the, the bed. torture witch. We skip the nude fitness scene. <laughs> yeah. We we skip the one uh, fight That's... scene too, where Hurricane Annie kills the assassin, and then Java shoots the right. other assassin. I love that scene because of the way Java so enters good. the uh, poolside area by like kicking down a gate and coming in somehow like both feet first and then landing and shooting the guy. <laughs> that was so cool. Yep. <laughs> shooting him with her close friends directly yeah. behind him. Like if that bullet went through him, she killed her friend. Yeah, but she was very confident. And there's no reason to think that bullet would just decide to and stop. And the guy that, the, the guy that she killed first... By just strangling him to death. It was supposed to be, those were supposed to be like the two best hitmen in the world. And he, right. his, his strategy was to ask her to come out to the pool with him, which she said yes to. Mm -hmm. And then to wrap like a small length of scarf around her neck and strangle her from the front. <laughs> so she could knee front. him in the balls and was not, pre not prepared for the knee to the balls. So he just went down and then got strangled to death. Greatest, yeah, greatest hitman in the world. I recall. By the same scarf. She, she took off the murder scarf and put it around his neck. And then he died. Greatest hitman in the world. That's how he died. Oh, and we also <laughs> missed the first torture scene where the torture witch just shows the girls a snake, and that's her torture. She, like, holds it up to them yes. and is like, it's a snake, and they're like, nah. they're like Oh, no. <laughs> There's one I really like when Dolomite rescues them, because he puts a, hurt, a grenade between her knees, oh, and then, like, puts, too. like, a fucking, like, a bread-in-a-can can under her feet, so she, like, has to balance on this little cylinder while holding the grenade with her knees and he's like in the room. So if this, if she fucks this up, he's dead. Yeah. And then <laughs> so the Dolomite comes in and he, uh, there's a, a big bunch of spikes over top of Java. And then there's a candle burning the rope that's holding that up. And Dolomite's solution is to grab her and pull her out from under the spikes and let them fall, which is great. Quick thinking. Uh, and his solution to the grenade is to just grab it and throw it to the other side of the room. <laughs> just, just, this was nothing. You're an idiot. This was nothing. Yeah, I thought, why doesn't she just drop so that and good. then kick it to like the other side of the room? Was what I was thinking that entire time. And then his solution yeah. was just to throw it to the other side of the room. And I was like, okay, so I would be good at getting caught and tortured and <laughs> forced to hold a grenade between my legs, I guess. You, you, you would be a good Dolomite. Yeah. <laughs> 
or a good waitress, I guess that was their <laughs> job title. Right. Well, I think Java was a performer. I don't know what TC did. Okay. And they were, they were like right. both yeah. cleaning what up a the, when they got kidnapped or well, Java wasn't. The other lady was like cleaning the club. So I assume she was a waitress. I kind of get the idea that the people at these clubs did a lot of duties. Yeah. Like that one guy said, like, I'll be your MC tonight. I'm also the waiter and the club owner and the, and he's like had, had to list all the jobs he had at that building. Just like how Java's like, boy, my feet are killing me. I'm like, well, I, I, presumably you just did like a 30 minute stand up set, right? Like, no, it's, she, I think she had to mop the floors and. Yeah, that makes I don't sense. Know. Anyway, I, I really hope you liked it. I'm, I'm glad we got a chance to talk about Dolomite for so long. And, um, I think we really saw that, uh, using a quiz to structure a movie discussion does not work. That's good to know. I thought, I thought it worked, it worked. great. We got, <laughs> I thought it worked great for this we movie. We missed a torture witch. We missed a character whose only goal, whose only purpose was to be a witch and torture people. We just forgot to talk yeah, about I, it. It was thematically appropriate for the movie. The movie was a fucking mess that you could not follow. <laughs> I had Fair a enough. question about the torture witch, because was that the same lady that we see later looking normal, but she had put a wig on so that when she tortured people, they wouldn't know it was her? Was that the idea? I have no idea. Oh my God, you're right. What is going on with that torture witch? It wasn't clear why he had this place either. Like, he didn't seem to take a ton of pleasure in the torture. It was just like, I guess how he, like, enslaves people. Like, he goes to the other club and he's like, I'm going to take a couple of your people, enslave them, torture them, and then the rest of you work for me for no money, or you become tortured. They say at one point that he gets Uh, off on watching the old lady torture them, but he never goes and watches. So, I don't know how he's... He just gets off on the knowledge, secure at home. I guess. Yeah. With his big titty slide wife. Yeah. Dolomite had to fuck her house down to satisfy her. There's no way Cavaletti can handle that. Maybe that's why they think she's a nymphomaniac. It's like, no, she's just married to Cavaletti. Yeah, the big bad wolf, that bitch. Einstein Hunter Frankfurt! Einstein Hunter Frankfurt! One nine hundred hot dog wages war with the help of an elite fighting squad. On demolitions, it's Three Finger Louie, Adam Ruth, Adrian H, Aiden Moet, Alpha Sciences Jabo, Armando Nava, Benjamin Cyranen, Brandon Garlock, Rianne Whitney, Chase McPherson, Children Love the Meat Millie, Dan Bush, the artist formerly known as Devin, David Ford of Dean Costello, Doctor Awkward. Eric Spaulding, Haraka, Jaber Al Aiden, Jamie Gordon, Jeremy Neal, John, John McCammon, Josh Fabian, and Josh S. Ken Paisley, Lyman, Matt Cortez, Matt Riley, Michael Rader, Mike Stiles, Moju, Neil Bailey, Neil Schaefer, Nick Ralston, Nick H., Polly Poisewo, Rhea, Rich Joslin, Timmy Leahy, Toasty God, Yosarian, Zachary Evans, and Zadarfan. On communications, intelligence, tactical, the 
vehicle pool and karate research. It's Patrick Herbst, who has just requested a transfer to demolitions.